G'day and welcome to Isolate, Eight Songs of Meaning podcast. Isolate is about bringing you a unique conversation from a special guest who is a touring artist or touring roadie. I wanted to shine a light on the talented people of the arts to find out some of their most personal musical highlights and the stories behind them. The flow and effect of COVID-19 has meant cancellations of large music festivals as well as your favourite local gigs. As a result, an estimated half a million people in Australia in the music industry are currently out of work. Support Act is a charity that assists financially when the industry falls on difficult times such as this. If you enjoy the podcast today, I encourage you to make a donation if you're in a position to do so. As well as musicians, there are many people behind the scenes who make gigs happen. The sound engineer, the tour manager, the lighting designer and more. They all play a pivotal role to ensure that we as punters enjoy the best possible performance night after night. It's important to remember that these uncertain times will pass. The shows will go on and these wonderful creative people will get back to doing what they love. So let's meet the people behind the musical magic. My guest this week is Mark McEwen. Now, Mark McEwen, or Sparky as some people may know him, is a Perth-based sound engineer, producer, tour manager, studio owner and a session musician. Mark has been on the road for more than 15 years and has toured with a number of well-known artists, including TK Meister, Holy Holy, The Naked and Famous, and Aussie hip-hop legend Draft. He has played in a number of local bands and has recorded music for many artists, including none other than Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. Mark is also a co-owner of Underground Studios here in Perth. Mark was kind enough to give us his time today to share his Isolate, Eight Songs of Meaning. Please welcome Mark McEwen. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much for being part of it. We're my first guest. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. No, you're going to kill it. Um, now, let's get started. Firstly, you're a, a tour manager currently. You're a producer. You do a whole bunch of things. You've got your finger in all the pies. But obviously, due to the Rona, uh, you're at home. The Rona. Um, the Rona. So how are you finding the, the time off at the moment? It's been probably a couple of weeks now. Yeah, yeah, it has. Well, I got back from Sydney, I think, exactly two weeks ago, mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird. I think it's maybe the last three, four days it's starting to hit me. Yeah. I've just, I'm a pretty work-driven person, mm-hmm. so not having that thing to focus on is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It that's a it's one way to put it. It's you know, you struggle to find things to do when you're just like, Cool, yeah. I could go out for a meal. No, no, I couldn't. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll go watch a movie, no. Mm. Catch up with some mates, no. No. It's you just you don't have anything. But hey, we're that's why we're doing things like this, right? Exactly. That's exactly why I wanted to do it, so that I could um share these wonderful people with everybody out there who's also stuck at home. Um and also, yeah, share I guess some stories from the road from people like yourself that have actually been out there and I'm sure you've got some great stories for us today. I'm I'm pretty excited, I'll be honest. Um, Now, just to get started, uh, the first question that I'm going to ask my guests is, what's your quarantine? Since uh, everybody's either in quarantine or isolation, uh, Mm -hmm. what's your go-to drink in isolation? Uh, Okay. Um, 
It's a tricky one. I think you know me well enough. Like I'm a bit of a uh, bit of a Scotch drinker. Yes. Love my love my single malt. So <laughs> I'd have to go with that. Just Scotch on the rocks. You Delish. know, there's there's always seven or eight different flavors on the shelf. Depending I was going to say, is there something on the rider? Is there one that you like as a tour manager? Do you put your Scotch on the rider? Is there a particular one that goes on there? I, you know, I try and try and sneak it on that. You know, you always have those conversations before tour. You're like, so what do you want me to put on the rider? Uh, who's into scotch? Yeah. Um, Hands up. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's definitely um, one tour comes to mind when touring with Katie Steele. And um, yeah, the Whammo Jammos. Uh, we, we had a tour model that, you know, just Jamison on the rider and no no hangover. Oh, uh, what did you call it? A Whammo Jammo? Wham-o jammos. What's that? Um, so this is, this, is, this is the it's dirty, a, this is the dirty uh, kind of story that I want to expose. What is this? It's literally scotch on the rocks. Oh. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you got to give it a fun name, right? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, that that would probably be be my. That's your my, that's your I, pick. Okay. Well, what my isol my quarantini. Your quarantini, right. yeah. Um, I <laughs> well. Since you didn't ask, mine's a vodka lime and soda, and uh, I've already prepared one earlier. Very so cheers. Healthy. So cheers. cheers. And have you got your drink cheers. there? I'm I'm drinking a, beer. a black black beer right now. So cheers, cheers. to that. Cheers to the uh, Virgin Podcast. Alrighty. Uh, now the next question that I have is: uh, What's your favourite isolation snack? or um, something that you have on tour that's in your backpack or you can eat on the road or you can get from the servo because there's nowhere else to eat because it's 2 a.m. and you've just loaded out. Um, what's, what's the <laughs> thing you usually chow down on? Uh, well, I've got a bit of, I wouldn't call it a hack, but I've kind of got a go-to airport food, I guess, which is okay. just straight up boring as hell banana bread. Because banana bread's not boring. Why would you say that? Banana bread is delicious. This is the hack. This is the hack because okay. think about the best banana bread you've had and the worst. Like okay. I know they're they're very different, but compared to other foods, you know, like it's pretty consistent. Let's be honest. Like yeah. if you're in an airport, your banana breads you go to. Okay. Yeah, you, you don't find they're a bit somewhere. too dry. You haven't ever like come across a dry one that's not oh, know, yeah, been yeah. sitting there for I've, a few days. Or- I've sampled all the banana breads, but that's the thing. You get them to toast it up and, mm, and box your uncle. That's true. Do they have banana bread in the lounge? That's that's the question. Oh, I don't think they do. I mean, no. If you're talking lounge things, it has been exposed before, but I'm very partial to a pancake stack. There's okay, a- see, I do. I think we need to crack this open for the, for the public <laughs> that uh, most of the touring musicians, you know, the people that work up behind the scenes, they generally will have access to uh, the lounge of whatever particular airline they're flying. And the lounge has, um, you know, sort of a set menu, I guess you would call it. They sort of had the same sort of snacks, but then they have like the hot stuff, the Bain Marie type of stuff. So, what's your go-to uh, lounge meal then? So, the pancake stack is that is that vegan? Are you vegan? I'm I'm not, <laughs> but what there's it's less about the food, more about the procedure. See, once you've done it a few times, you get bored, so you've got to fine tune yes. these things. So, so there's a pancake machine, right? And you push uh, a button. Yeah, a couple of pancakes. I've seen this. Yep. Yeah. So does it, does it come out, uh, like, does it pour batter and then it goes? Or how does it work? Okay, mm. right. Yeah, yeah. I have come, seen that. They kind of fall out the end. So yeah, yeah. The, the trick is, the trick is, 
um, you press the button twice, that makes four pancakes. Okay. And you've got about you've got about I reckon nine seconds between each pancake dropping. So okay. when the first one drops out, yeah. you have your peanut butter ready to go. And you smash the peanut butter on there. Do that quick enough, yeah. and the second one falls on top. So you get nice melted oh, peanut butter. Gotcha. So then you hit it with a layer of strawberry jam. Yeah. Third one falls out. Yeah. Hit it with a layer of Nutella. Yeah. Oh. Fourth one falls out as the lid, and then maple syrup on top, oh. berries on top. Done. This is amazing. But where did you pull the Nutella and the berries from? Do they have them in the lounge? Mm. Mm. Okay. Life hack, everyone out there who uh, has been to the lounge. Things, right? If you've ever wondered what's in the lounge, now you know there's Nutella and berries and pancakes. Forget it. It's, everyone's going to have to uh, pay that extra just to get in the lounge and get that. Um, that's awesome. I've learned something. This is amazing. Um, now, another pre-question before we hit the main questions of the podcast is how did you and I meet? Now, you may or may not remember. So either I'll tell you or you tell me. And feel free to roast me if there's some like hilarious story of our friendship. Please remind me of it. I was, when you asked me to do this the other day, I was trying to remember that. And I genuinely, like, no offense to you, I don't know where we first met. Like, there's so many gigs that we would have been at. So, You're stabbing so, me in the heart right now. <laughs> so many mutual friends. That's true. Like, like, I mean, I would put it at about nine or ten years ago. Yeah. Um, That's about right. Yeah. Probably would have... Do you know before yeah, I like? I do. I oh, do know. Wow. I'm gonna put know. my foot in it. I'm gonna put my foot in it. <laughs> so should I'm I? Gonna, <laughs> okay, no, yeah, you, you, go. you you tell me what you think, and then I'll tell you if you're wrong. I'm I'm gonna go with it was at a gig. It was at a gig. Yes. I'm gonna go. I'm either thinking the Rosemount Hotel or the Amplifier Bar. Okay, you're wrong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the story yeah, over yeah, from you, here. You take it. You so take it. we met at the Bakery, which is um, it's a venue in Perth that's not there anymore, unfortunately. Um, and you were mixing for um, the very talented Tangled Thoughts of Leaving, who are a Perth instrumental band. Um, yep. It was their album launch in. June of 2011, I think, and I got wow. asked to merch it um, randomly because I'd just moved back from Melbourne and I ended up sort of just contacting them. I don't remember how, but anyway, they gave me the, the job and I merged and I met you because you were also on the crew, met the guys, and obviously we're all still beautiful friends because they're wonderful people. So that's where we they're met. They're amazing. Yeah. I miss mixing that band. Not that, like, they're still going strong. It's mm. just... Um, it's weird times right now. Everyone's yeah. busy. But, um, yeah, I didn't get to mix the last show they played because I was over East. But I was, I'm always bummed when I don't get, mix, get yeah, to mix that they band. Are they incredible. are incredible. Yeah, they are. If An anyone experience. out there hasn't heard them, um, Tag With Thoughts of Leaving, incredible band. Um, they, uh, they're a progressive instrumental band, I guess is what you'd call them, genre-wise. Would that be about right? Would you agree? Um, yeah. And they, they have a female drummer as well now, and she absolutely blows it out of the park. They all do, um, but particularly having a female on board, it's just a whole other thing. It's They're incredible. So, yeah, if you haven't checked them out, definitely check them out. Um, I'll leave some information in the show notes a little bit later. Now, let's get kick off these questions. Um, now. All right. Okay. Now, Mark, what was the first 
piece of music that you ever purchased, uh, particularly with your own money, I suppose, or that you chose, Mm -hmm. um, and where was it from? Do you remember? Wow. Okay. Um, That's tricky because, yeah, I mean, I remember having music in my life from the moment I was born, but that Mm. moment where you use your own money Mm. and go and choose something would probably have been... Actually, I bought two CDs. Okay. okay. I bought two CDs. The two I was living one. in Malaysia. Right. I grew up there as a kid, and I remember going down to the local kind of mall, I guess, and I bought Offspring Smash oh, because... banger. Yes. Because <laughs> I had some American friends at the time who got me into that, and I bought the Prodigies Fat of the Land. Okay. Um, now, so, interesting cut, point. Before I, um, before you keep going there, Offspring Smash came out in 1994, and Fat came out in 1997, if I'm not mistaken. So, do you recall what year it was that you bought these? This would have been 97. Okay, all right. So it yeah. was it was around that time. Okay. Um, so, Prodigy Fat of the Land and Offspring Smash. Yeah, They're, which is a, oh, a weird combination, was... I know, but. Uh, I don't know that it's that weird. I feel like there's a lot of, like, Prodigy are a band that really uh, influence a lot of heavy music. So I don't think that the, they're too far removed there. You know what I mean? But yeah. Both are both yeah. albums that I absolutely love. Um, if you had to pick a song off each that you loved the most, could you, could you choose one? Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going with favorites here because I'm a big album person like Same. we've had so this conversation. Yes. Yeah, we've we've had this conversation. Mm. I like listening to records. I'm still that old fuddy daddy who does that. We both are. Yes. But um you know, I mean the the big ones obviously like the first time you hear Firestarter, it's oh. just Yes. You know, it, I remember like and it was probably on the radio at the time quite a lot mm. as well. Yeah. Um and offspring, you know, you can't go past like come out and play i yeah, mean again that. like that's just a party anthem of you know when you hear that like drum intro and you're just like mm-hmm, yeah, yeah that's, totally yeah i'm with you on both people of those. Are, people are still doing that they jump on a kit and they're like i do that thing with the hi-hat yeah <laughs> um yeah it's never gonna go away love it they're great choices um, were they i'm gonna assume they were both cds they weren't tapes there were CDs. I did have tapes. That's I was when you asked me. I was like, I did have the first Slipknot record on tape, and I'm like, wow. Maybe I think it was just that weird time around '96, '97, yeah. where you know it, there was still a rack of tapes and a rack of CDs. Yeah, that's um, so true. So you just bought whatever was cheapest because you didn't really have a bias at that point. That's true. Yeah, when you're like. 10 <laughs> trying to buy something for a record so what can i get with my five dollars um yeah. cool all right next question what was your first live show or gig that you ever attended okay um i'll give you two okay. the tech the technical one as in the very first concert i attended as far as i know was <laughs> Was Duran Duran. Okay, um, so I guess the question could go two ways. I guess what was the first one that you got dragged to and what was the first one you chose, I suppose? Okay. Yeah, cool. All right, so Duran Duran is the one that, what, did your parents take you? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we were in Hong Kong at the time and I went to a Duran Duran concert. I was probably six, 
five oh, or six. That's impressive. And do you remember which, a song? Like, was there a song there that you were like, oh, I love this song? I, I, I genuinely, I hate to say it, I don't know Jerry Andran. Everyone knows Girls on Film. That's a banger. Yeah, everyone remembers the film clip, especially if you're, you I'm know. I'm just imagining it in my head. <laughs> Two minutes later, Girls on Film. I probably sing the lyrics wrong, but yeah, it's a banger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, okay, second one. Uh, again, it is hard to be, I'm sure I'll get it wrong, but look, I, the first mosh pit, let's go with first mosh pit I was okay, ever in was, was, was Pantera. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. I love yeah, this. Yeah. It was, picture this though, I was a little punk kid at the time <laughs> in, in a metal mosh pit. So I did go to the concert with like spray paint, blue hair. Hot. I love this. And, and, uh, you know, just in the middle of, like, all these huge dudes with hair down to their waist, just eating their hair and oh, just, like, I can, I can actually smell, like, I can picture, I can smell the smell of the dirty mosh pit and the men with the long, greasy hair and their shirts off. Um, do you remember where this was and what year it was? Yeah, okay. So that would that was at the Perth Entertainment Centre. It was oh. on the Reinventing Steel Tour. So yeah. I reckon that would have been 2001. The record came out in 2000, so that would be about right. Yeah, for sure. Perth Entertainment Centre is not there anymore, unfortunately. Another venue that's rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, and any Pantera song that sort of takes you back to that, to that gig? Uh, well, yeah, like, I mean, seeing as it was reinventing the steel, like mm-hmm. revolutions, my name was mm-hmm. the big single off that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Dang Everyone up. can just hear like Phil just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not going to start screaming on my no, It's going to, I feel like everyone, everyone needs a bit of Phil Anselmo in their life. Um, and like to the listeners out there, if you don't know who Pantera or Phil Anselmo is, I really feel for you. And you need to, uh, you, need to <laughs> you need to change that. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah, where have you been? Um, all the songs are going to be listed in the show notes as well. So, and I'm going to make a there's a Spotify playlist as well. So, if um, we all want to check out the songs at the end of the podcast, we definitely can, and that also helps the artists, which is the the main game of, of what we're doing today. Uh, next question, Mr. McEwen, is uh, who was your biggest influence when you were younger musically? So. Uh, this could be maybe a parent, a friend, a cousin. It doesn't have to be necessarily like a musical idol. Um, who who was there that influenced young Marcus? <laughs> that's that's a that's a pretty easy one actually, because um, my mum is a huge lover of music and a self-proclaimed, you know, sort of saw all the '60s stuff happen yeah. and was was you know like bought every, you know. The Beatles single that came out as Amazing. they came out, and she oh, still has no. them somewhere. And I'm going to steal no. all those seventy. I was going to say, um, has she got the vinyls? Yeah, she's yeah, got. Yeah, no, oh, the, okay, the yes. like, yeah, she's got the singles. Okay, um, well, when Wendy's not home, we may need to break in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd put it down. Like I remember as a kid, like even being strapped into a car seat like doing the school run, taking my sister to school. Like, I don't know how old that makes me, but I remember hearing the Beach Boys was a big one as well. Yeah, my parents liked Um, that too. The Beatles, um, you know, Cream, just all those kind of – she was probably more of a rocker than a kind of flowery sort of thing. You know, she loved the the Jimi Hendrix. She loved – 
the Rolling Stone, like that sort of stuff. But Beatles, yeah. She's got she's, great taste. She's a, yeah. Um, That's why I'm such a big Beatles fan. Awesome. Uh, so you chose Eleanor Rigby as your sort of song that took you back to that, I did. To that moment? Yeah. That, I did. That's a, I mean, is there a bad Beatles song? I feel like they're probably the most, the best. Would you say yes. that the, like they're the best known, uh, you know, pop writers globally, that people respect them as being so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, is there anyone that comes close to it? I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't... I think in popular think so. music, no, and in the recording field, no, and what they pioneered for the recording industry, mm. what they did for live concerts, you know, they basically, as everyone knows, they broke mm. the mold on every scale yeah. in terms of pushing innovation as well as not being able to tour anymore because mm. they couldn't. It yeah. wasn't techni- technically possible at the time and they didn't enjoy it and couldn't hear themselves and... Yeah, I think that's the other thing. I mean, when you think of touring and hysteria, you know, fans, I feel like there's no other band that people would think of than the Beatles when you think Mm. about the the craziness that followed them around that just doesn't, you know, it doesn't, nothing comes close to it, I think, in the modern day, really. Um, All right, so we're going to move forward now to some more recent things. Um, Thank you for the the walk down memory lane because that was very interesting. But I want to know now, uh, what's been your favourite tour moment or just favourite tour um, that's happened? um, Hang on, I better read that question back. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What was your favourite? So good. This is the first one. Yeah, I know. know. Forgive me, everyone, for fucking that up. Um, is there a song that brings back memories of your favourite tour or a favourite touring moment? I do apologise. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ira, um, so a particular song, memories, uh, I'm, I mean, there's so many, you know, of, you know, like hanging out at the pub afterwards or, you know, like driving, but I think as part of the show, like, Mm. Um, sort of walk-on songs are really fun. Yes, I <laughs> and, love this, and, yeah. And so um, I guess, you know, I've t- done, a, done a couple of national tours with Draft now. Yeah. Um, and um, there's sort of a song that really sticks out there. And I guess there's a lot of memories associated with that because you could be on a really big show, on a festival stage where we might get to do that track and or we might be, you know, with – recently done places like Alice Springs and, yeah. you know, out in the middle of the sticks in, in various places. Wow. And, and you might be in a room um, of, you know, people who don't get to see live music that much. But mm. my mate Paul, the man draft, he, he knows how to pick a banger. Um, mm-hmm. So we generally kick it off with Hilltop Hood's Cosby Sweater. Ah, love and, this um, track. You know, the, no one really knows how the show's going to go. Everyone's waiting for stuff, and you just drop that track and crank it. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's 200 people or 10,000 people. Yeah. It, you're going to get the room warmed up real quick. Mm. And um, so, yeah, lots of memories of that. You know, when I hear that song, I, I'm i just transported back to standing there just like, cool, yeah. all right, it's go time. It's, it's go time. I actually looked up this song today and – it's actually came out in 2014, which blows my mind because that's actually six years ago. I feel like it came out last year. Um, 
And really, yeah. I, I think it should. I think it should be older than that. I reckon. Oh, really? In my mind, that song's been kicking around for ages. Oh, I, I feel like it was just a couple of years ago. But yeah, I looked. It's like 2014. I'm like, oh, where, where did the last six years go? Uh, anyway, um, I do love that track. Um, how does it start? Is this the one that goes? Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Watch me do my thing. And you just see the crowd just be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. shit. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to have seen a draft with you playing drums, actually, and he was amazing. <laughs> Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> you were great. You know it. All right. Next question. Fanboy or fangirl moments. Um, who is the fa- your most favourite band that you've uh, toured with and what's one of their songs that you love? Mm, yeah, okay, yeah. When you when you hit me up and said this would be one of the questions maybe, I struggled for ages and then mm. I was like, you know what, I... Because you can't pick uh, favourites of like, feel like your favourite short- people? Yeah, I'd be shortchanging all the people I love and also shortchanging myself if I tried to pick one. Yeah, um, fair enough. So straight up i cannot like i love touring i love spending time with people i love the people i've met and got to know and i feel like every tour you don't approach that being like i wonder if this is going to be better or worse than the last one you just yeah yeah it's what you do um but i think i i got asked to work with broods um a couple of years ago and did a really big australian tour and new zealand tour with them and amazing people um I got to admit, I had never heard of this band until you started working with them. Um, I mm. know they're from New Zealand. Um, mm-hmm. They, I, I guess, they're a pop band. Would you call them a pop band? I think under the broader heading, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I didn't know much about them, and then yeah, then I checked them out after you started working with them, and I was like, actually, they're bloody incredible. Yeah, they're they're really. I, I like their songwriting. I like what they're trying to do. It's it's that. You know, I think they've gone through phases. When I jumped on tour with them, it was for their most recent records, mm-hmm. and I think that was a little bit of a restart for them. Yeah. Well, not a restart, but kind of a, a shift in direction of maybe chasing the music they felt a little bit more personal with rather than, you know, that first sort of, all right, let's kind of go a little more pop than maybe we feel comfortable with. Or yeah. I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of anyone, but um, and it was that record, yeah, uh, I'll pull a, a track off that because I remember, you know, I didn't have much time going into that tour mm-hmm. um, to prep. You know, these things happen a lot. You you get asked to do things and then you're probably on another tour taking up all your time and yeah. then you go, cool, I've got some days downtime. Yeah. And I remember sitting on the plane to go over east towards the first show. Yeah. Um, I was mixing monitors for that band. Um, so I'm just on the plane listening to the whole set list over and over again and making yeah. all the notes just like cool where are the effects cues what am mm-hmm. i going to do mm-hmm. but one track in particular um which was a track called falling apart i just yeah. you know it's it's probably one of the more down moments of that set that we toured mm-hmm. um it's just such a powerful song and the chorus has this crazy vocoder part that the first time you hear it you're like that sounds a bit weird but it's so endearing Mm. um i just fell in love with that song so that was one of those moments where you know every night when that song was on yeah um and the way they do it live in my mind as well just gave it this whole new life Mm -hmm. and it's just you know you, you feel privileged at that point to just be like yep i'm just you know in there you know riding along with them on this journey you can 
from my position, you know, on monitors, you can see the, how the crowd reacts and you can just see that that lower moment where they bring everything down in the set and then build it back up, you just see that journey and mm. that emotional release. And So when you say monitors for the people at home, uh, that's on stage monitors. Is that That's what you mean, right? Yeah, so okay. I do. Yeah, we all, um, yeah, so front of house is what the audience hears. Mm-hmm. Monitors are what the band hears. So, yes. I'm, so you're, I'm, you're side of the stage, right? I'm side of the sit. stage okay. and I'm making sure that all the musicians yeah. on stage can hear exactly what they need to. Yeah. Um, and so I, I like mixing monitors a lot. Um, I like mixing front of house a lot. But monitors is, to me, a little bit more connected and personal. It kind of feels like yeah. you're like in the trenches. Yeah. You're like, okay, cool. You're not like this kind of battle commander, like just being like, cool, well, I'm doing my thing out here. Yeah. But, you know, the, the band could be 100 metres away, mm. whereas, you know, your monitors, you're, you know, you're in the thick of it, yeah. and that's that's really fun. That's cool. Well, um, I think the people would have learnt something then. They wouldn't have known what monitors were before just now, so we're so educational as well. <laughs> now, my next question is, um, now, if we talk about what bands you've played in, um, uh, I, I know of the Siren Tower, uh, which is probably the band that I've spent the most time listening to that you've played in. But yep. I know before that you were in um, more of a, would, I, would you say a rock band, alternative band? What, what would you have called your previous band or bands? Uh, <clears throat> yep, any of those things. Yep. <laughs> we, uh, I'm yeah. trying to remember the name of it. Was it anti Anti-something? Anti- no, no, that's that's another friend's band you're thinking of. I played in a band called Nyx a Nyx. long time ago. That's I was, we were all very young. And, um, yeah, I mean, my best mate was the drummer of that band and is still my best mate to this day. Cool. Um, like, I still look back really fondly on that. Where, so, are, you, where are you going with this? <laughs> you're digging. You're digging. <laughs> no, I'm not digging. Something. I'm not digging. So what, so what I was trying to get at is that usually, I guess, your chosen genre that you would play would be more of a heavy genre, more of a rock genre, right? I guess so, yeah. Okay, so if you were going to choose, if you were going to share with, with the people today an absolute banger that is not your genre... What right. song would you choose? Okay, absolute banger. Um, I I think you know working it, as a touring person, as a as a live person, but also as a studio person. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, people, you know, that classic question: What music you're into? Mm-hmm. Um, you can never answer it. I don't think many people can. But I am the sort of person who totally gets off on variety. Like yeah. I really, I really can't just settle for one thing i'm not that person so like trying to come up with a banger outside of my genre seems weird because i don't (laughs) i don't have one like Mm. i mean you know i love the most straight up pop if it's a good song yeah as much as the most brutal instrumental weird stuff you've heard that's so true Um, today uh you made a smoothie to animals as leaders just as an example (laughs) i did i did um but I'm, I'm rediscovering a guy called Bernhoft. Um, and I've he's never a- heard of this guy. Now, all I know is that he's a Norwegian multi-instrumentalist guy who spent some time living in Brooklyn in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about all I know. The song that you've chosen is called Visceral. It's off a 2017 EP that he put out called The Morning Comes. Uh, so, yeah. what, so where did you find Bernhoft? 
the Norwegian this, guy. <laughs> the Norwegian guy. This was one of those things. I think a good buddy of mine, uh, Morgan Bain, who's also an incredible he, musician, he's songwriter. Incredible. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a Perth guy as well, yeah. He's in Melbourne these days, but oh. um, he's uh, – shout-outs to him. He's launching a new project under the name Eli Green Eyes. Um, okay, we'll put that in the show notes, everybody, so you can check out Morgan as well because he's awesome. Yeah, but he um, – I think it, it's kind of a weird story because I think he – you know, he might correct me if I was wrong, but he probably found Bernhoft somehow because people probably likened his voice to Bernhoft or right. vice versa. Okay. Um, but we were in a tour van, probably with Draft actually, because he actually session um, session plays for Draft, um, and he was like, "You got to check out this Bernhoft dude," and um, we all just fell in love, like mm. you know. Um, and then since then, I just was just like, I have to go and listen to the whole back catalog. Like, I have to discover where this guy came from and listen to everything he's released. And um, that EP in particular is a favorite of mine. And, and Visceral was, I distinctly remember driving. We were probably, we were in Tasmania mm-hmm. and we drove up to Mount Wellington. Yeah. This was probably some random time, like September, October. We are on tour, and we were like, let's just drive up to the top and have a look at the view and see what's up. And we got to the top, and it was like there was snow on the ground in wow. Australia. In so like, where was what? This where is probably was maybe this? August or September. This is in like just in Hobart. Um, oh, it's so freaking Mount freezing Wellington. down there. Shout out to our Tasmanian friends. <laughs> yeah, and it was amazing. We drove, we got to the top, and we were like, holy shit, mm. and just you know, turned into five-year-old kids and started just throwing snow everywhere. Oh, I'd expect nothing less. Go on. As you would. But this song was kind of playing in the van around that time yeah. because we just all just – or I think it literally may have even been released then, yeah. to be honest. It was 2017, and so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Um, so it was just like, man, when that chorus drops and then the post-chorus with this, like, beautiful chord movements and you're like, wow, okay. Wow. And, and I would call it a banger. Like, it's you're not going to start raving, but when you hear that chorus <laughs> drop, you cannot help but get a stanky face. Okay, so it's, it's, not, a, it's not a traditional like, banger. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> you, yeah. get, you, you start to feel that groove. You just get an in time oh, with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It's All a right. banger. Uh, next uh, next question. Now, you've obviously spent a lot of hours uh, in a tour van, either driving or sleeping. Usually driving. Yeah. <laughs> I like to drive. I like to drive. Yeah, you're I'm a control good- freak. Yeah. <laughs> like most tour managers, I'm sure we're going to discover this over the term of the podcast. Um, yeah. So my next question is, what's your favorite tour van tune? Okay. That I inflict on other people. Well, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Something that either everyone loves or everyone just goes, "Oh, what is this shit?" <laughs> yeah, um, I think recently, sort of thinking about what we've been listening to, driving out of the tour van, I've been pushing this guy called Anomaly on everyone. Okay, um, I had never heard of this when you gave me your list of songs. Um, I've looked up that he is a Montreal-based guy. Um, he's classically trained in the keyboard. He's a producer. That's about all I could sort of find on him. How did you come across Anomaly? Uh, you know what? Um, I genuinely think it probably was just a music streaming service that rolled on randomly. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, Mm. I, I may be wrong, but 
yeah, like uh, when people try to just uh, ask me to describe what Anomaly is or what he does, I kind of liken it to being like, cool, you know, take what Flume does, you know, aesthetically, tonally and production wise, but then get a little bit more like trained music nerd mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like flume for nerds. Um, <laughs> I love that description. We should let we should let Anomaly know. <laughs> he can add that to his bio. Flume for nerds. <laughs> yeah, it it just you know I love hearing a good musician, and he can obviously just slay the keys. But it's you know in that genre specifically, um, a lot of it is is played and programmed, or you know not even played. It's mm. you know still incredible, but it's it's done via midi like mm-hmm. drag and drop click and play but um you can hear his playing on this stuff and it's super modern slick production yeah. it's super banging but you're like there's a guy slaying all those parts like he yeah. didn't it's just him know, right that's what i read as far as i know yeah like i really you've probably done more research than me i just <laughs> i just listen i just consume yeah just the old um, google <laughs> so yeah i mean he did two eps back to back called metropole metropole and metropole 2 mm-hmm. and yeah I'll happily listen to those two EPs in a row just to start the driving because it is just the perfect driving music. Nice. Um, the track that you did select, because I did ask you to select one track, was a track called Daybreak by Anomaly. So I'll be adding that to the playlist, which was a standalone single that he put out in 2017. Yeah. It's just so stanky. So good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to learn about my own taste by doing this podcast. I'm like, Ooh. I seem to be leaning towards stuff that just is like, Okay, I like I like head boppers. Yeah, I got, I got to admit, you and I have spent a lot of time together listening to music, uh, particularly lately. And um, I mean, I feel like I put on a wide range of genres, and every single time you'll you'll find a beat in it, and you'll because actually, I think people wouldn't know this about you, but you two are a multi instrumentalist. You can play piano, you can play guitar, you can your magic you can sing as well you have an incredible voice that's that's a big call that's a big call <laughs> uh well everybody should know that mark did a uh, feature with some friends of ours and sung the maynard part in um passenger <laughs> which is a deftone song which i'll also put in the show notes because it's an absolute banger um but mark i think you should have been a drummer and i think you know that drums is, is a part of you because uh, whenever we listen to music together, you seem to find the drum part so quickly and you'll start tapping on stuff and, and making all these, all these sounds. And uh, I'm always impressed that you're able to pick it up so quickly. Mm. I definitely should have been a drummer, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, moving into our last question for the podcast today. Now, given that we're in these uh, Rona uh, filled times where everybody's kind of alone, um, feeling isolated. And I guess, especially for people like yourself who are, I guess, out of work, unfortunately, due to everything being canceled, um, it's a difficult time. And, um, I mean, I've struggled with my own mental health issues. Um, and I'm just a regular person who luckily I'm still able to, to go to work, Uh, But when I think of all my friends who are out of work and I think, you know, some people will have families, some people have mortgages, um, you know, it's a scary time for a lot of people that that I love, including you. Uh, And I I hope that there's music that you guys turn to that either pulls you out of that or gives you some strength to sort of go, you know what, this isn't going to be forever. Um, Is there a band that you turn to 
that gives you that strength? That is probably one of the best ways to to intro any question. Um, you're you're a natural bee. Oh, thanks, Dad. Uh, no. Um, yeah, this was this was the hardest question I think you posed to me because mm. I think I connect with what you're saying wholeheartedly. Like, uh, I don't think there's many musicians who wouldn't say that music is just something they have to yeah. have and have to do, yeah. and and can regulate your emotions or can facilitate your emotions or can facilitate being able to communicate emotions yeah. you can't verbally. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, this was hard. I mean, that's been music for me for you know as long as I can remember is you know if if you are feeling down and you're conscious of that and you want to do something the first thing I will do is just go cool I have like an arsenal of songs to just kind of get me out of a mood or put me in a particular mood I want to be in you know excuse me it's um you know, something we all do before shows as well, you know, mm. you might want to actually get into a dark place or uh, that sort of stuff if you're going for a particular performance yeah, or in the yeah. studio as well. Mm. Um, it's not always just about brightening. It can be about getting into a headspace. Um, but I I did struggle, but I'd have to go back to Mute Math, um, who are a band I've loved for many, many years. Yeah, this is um, a band I think I'd heard of. And for some reason... I think I was confusing Mastodon and Mute Math. I think just they both start with M. I don't know why they're completely different. You know, words. that's not the first time I've heard that. Oh my god, really? Okay, I don't feel so bad then. <laughs> don't know why, but uh, well, I, I did look into them. Um, they are a psych rock type of band. Um, Sometimes. Who, <laughs> I'm probably getting it wrong. They're from New Orleans, so they're a US band. Um, yeah. That is literally all I, that I know about them. <laughs> so uh, the song that you've picked um, is from a 2006 self-titled album. Uh, so what was the song that you went with from Mute Math that, that's your strength anthem? It's I picked a song called Break the Same, mm-hmm. which um, lyrically is actually very simple. You know, it's not that kind of... A long sort of narrative thing that gets you to to the end of the story. It's mm-hmm. it's literally a lot of you know we all break the same, and that's really just a sentiment that I like to remind myself of. I guess mm-hmm. in those moments, you know, I think there's so many different sort of strengthening um, anthems which mm-hmm. can sort of just pull you from a place. But I guess you know you know me as a person, and f- I think for myself, I like to ground myself and just remember to be appreciative and and rem- remember what I have so in those yeah. dark moments you know it's it's kind of comforting to just have that sentiment of you know what everybody goes through a million different things they're all very specific to the context but at the end of the day we're all humans we have that human struggle we yeah. we have to try and navigate this crazy thing called life and we do all break the same mm. um and it's just, you know, it's such an uplifting song from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, and even the vocal delivery in that song, you know, it just starts wailing on the end. And I, I guess I listen to a lot of music that has a particular vibe yeah. to it. And and I think a lot of people can relate um, when I say, you know, if you are in a down mood, you don't generally just want to put on a happy song. It's mm-hmm. more about sitting in that emotion like when you're down you want to 
you want to put on a real heart-wrenching sounding thing yeah. to suit your mood, but mm-hmm. then hopefully in that process or in the message of the song, mm-hmm. um, you do find that uplift, you do find that strength, and you yeah. do find that empowerment. And that's yeah. definitely a song that does that for me. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great place to uh, to start to wrap it up. Um, I did have a couple of rapid-fire questions, which I wasn't sure if I was going to put this at the start or at the end, but um, I'm going to do them anyway. I'm going to throw them at you. And sure. It's, it's one of those... I just want, I don't want you to think too much. Just, I'm just going to throw two different sort of artists at you and you've just yep. got to pick one just like okay. that. Okay. So don't wow. go, uh, okay. Uh, 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 okay. Do you know how indecisive I am? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. You can okay. Just try. There's only. I'm going to try real hard. I think there's eight. I can't remember how many oh. I did. There's not that many. Okay. Oh my. All right. <clears throat> Shoot. Ready. Oasis or Blur? Oasis. <laughs> Good choice. Metallica or Pantera? Oh. oh, I feel like that's so related to the other one, but you know what? I have uh, I have to go Metallica just because they've had more influence. Oh, okay, go. go. Okay, Kendrick or Kanye? Kendrick, man. Yeah, I agree. Biggie or Tupac? <laughs> you're, picking a, you're picking a gang here, so be careful. <laughs> Let's go, Tupac. Oh, badass over here. Katy Perry or Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift, for Ooh, sure. Really? Yeah. Any quick reasoning behind that? Uh, you prefer her music? Yeah, I think I prefer what I know about her. And, mm-hmm. that I, and that's nothing against Katy Perry. I just don't <laughs> know anything about her. Um, and... But yeah, very little knowledge on either. But definitely, uh, let's let's go with. Okay, two more, and they're both Australian vibes, sort of. Sh- shoot it. Uh, ACDC or Cold Chisel? Chisel. Oh, gotta love a bit of Ian Moss. And lastly, Dude, I <laughs> idolise Mossy. Like, yeah. Come on. In a I'm sorry, Angus, but on a highway, what a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last one: Crowded House or Split Ends? Crowded House. Oh, okay. And what's, what's your favourite Crowded House song? Because they're my, like, favourite Australian band ever. Ah, uh, there's too many bands. Oh, I know, but if you just, okay, what comes to mind if I say what? Okay, give, give me a 50-50 between two then. Uh, oh, of songs? Yeah, go on. Oh. I'll put you on the spot oh, for a geez, second. Jeez, all right. Well, I'm going to go with singles so most people will know them. So Distant Sun or Better Be Home Soon? Uh, better be home soon. Oh, see, I want to pick Distant Sun. Yeah, I just, you know, like the Finn Bros. You can't, uh, you can't oh, mess with. That. You can't fault with them. Somewhere deep inside, something's got a hold on you. Oh, they're so good. Um, once oh, this is a funny story that I'm going to tell. Um, uh, with an old boyfriend, I made him do this Great Ocean Road. You know the Great Ocean Road in Victoria, yeah, obviously. Yeah. It's like yeah, a yeah. six-hour drive from Melbourne to Warrnambool. And I made him do this tour where we went on this, like, small bus um, to, to drive the whole Great Ocean Road. And um, it was me, him, and, like, a bunch of tourists. Um, there was some Chinese people, some German people. There was about 12 of us. Yeah. And um, the driver made... I wouldn't call it a mistake. I'd call it a fantastic idea to let me control the music <laughs> in the bus. Oh, that. Mistake. No. Um, actually, I don't think, yeah, no, they let me choose. And they only had, like, CDs. 
and Crowded House was one of them. And I was like, <laughs> so uh, I popped uh, the Crowded House on. It was the greatest hits, so that's that's always good. And uh, I literally sang the whole album the whole way back to Melbourne, um, which I thought, like, everyone in the van was loving it. No one said anything. They were enjoying the fact that I knew every single lyric. Um and you know all the nuances, all the little harmony parts that Tim and mm. like Tim and Neil yeah, you do. You need to go through oh, each like, one. Yeah. I feel love, all that sort of stuff, right? Anyway, we get back to Melbourne, and me and my ex had the biggest argument. Well, not he started it. He was like, "Why did you have to sing the whole way back?" And I was like, uh, "I was educating the international people on the greatest Australian slash New Zealand band of all time. You're welcome." So rude. <laughs> You're just doing your service. That's, doing your service. That's what I thought. But anyway, he didn't appreciate it. Hence, and let's, let's be honest, you, you'd never shy away from, uh, from what I know of you, Bianca, you would never shy away from educating someone on the spot. On music? Definitely not. I would On, oh. on why they need to listen to you sing <laughs> a song at them. <laughs> We'll, we'll delve into this on other podcasts about how many times I've been backstage and subjected people to my um, my version of songs and interpretive <laughs> dancing, but that's that's for another day. Um, we'll wrap things up now, Mark. I just want to say thank you so much for being part of this. For thank you. being my first guest. You've been incredible. I've really, really enjoyed it. I've learned something. I've learned more than one thing I've learned quite a few things today um the stories are great um I'm so appreciative and just wish you you know a really peaceful journey for the next few months that it's not going to be you know too hard and too difficult because you know we are going to get through it I'm there for you you're there for me um yeah and yeah I mean hopefully this brings out creative sides to everybody you know they can put their energy into other good things. I think I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy hard times for our industry. You know, mm. it's, it's it's the first one to fall, so to speak. But you know, I I do hold a lot of positivity for how we all bounce back from this. Yeah. And yes, you know, maybe some of the venues won't be there anymore. Mm. Maybe some of the companies won't be there anymore. But there's going to be a lot of stuff to jump straight back on, mm. and you know. Hopefully there'll be just a fresh, driven approach to that. There'll be fresh mm. blood, and there'll be you know, or new blood, I should say, not fresh yeah. blood. Yeah. The other thing but I think is that I mean. these people, like people who work in the music industry, particularly like not just the musicians, but people like yourself, they're generally very um, resourceful, resilient people. Because in your day to day role on tour, you're thrown so many things. There's all yeah. these juggling act of stuff that you've got to manage day to day, hour by hour. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like everybody will bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll be okay. But like you say, it's all about supporting each other right now. And that's, that's the most important thing. That's right. Just that's keep right. the spirits up, check in on all your mates, check in on the, your musician and roadie buddies. And that's right. Well, everyone in your life, to be honest. Yeah, that's a great place to end. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank and you, Bianca. Thank you, everyone out there for listening. We really appreciate it and share and review and, um, yeah, let us know what you thought. And, yeah, I'd love to hear your feedback. Stay safe, everyone. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.